Hello and welcome to finally another episode of the Sisterhood of the Rings, the Tolkien podcast where we discuss all the lore almost no one cares about. I'm your host, Maddie Bolzinius. And I'm your host, Molly Tenley-Straight. This week we will be discussing J.R.R. Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, Book 1, Chapter 11, A Knife in the Dark. That's intense. I know. Okay, so... We're back. We took a little hiatus for this. A sabbatical, yeah, if you sab- will. <laughs> we just took a little breather. But with enough guilt from our friends and family, we are back. Yeah. And now we have like like two new international listeners. Pretty exciting. That we know about. So like. Shout out to you we in really- Sweden and Luxembourg. And where else were we? Canada. Canada. Fuck yeah, Canada. <laughs> Canada just banned assault weapons today that's did pretty exciting that? i, know, I did not know that. that's really good um so we are having a little pajama party me and maddie have been quarantining together yeah and then we decided that this was a perfect time to get back to our favorite project our lord of the rings podcast is that what we do here it is it's oh. not a harry potter podcast oh it's not <laughs> maddie what have you been up to well um i'm still working because I am a manager at a restaurant and apparently I am an essential worker. Yeah, yeah. It's the first time in my life where I felt like a real hero. <laughs> <laughs> serving people falafel every day. Way to go. Thank you. People need that falafel. They, and don't forget the tahini. Oh my God. People how need could that. I possibly forget. But people often call and say, I would like a euro and fries. You don't and serve that. We don't serve that. Hmm. I'm really sorry. I'm not going to tell anybody the restaurant that I work at just in <laughs> case they try and stalk me <laughs> or try and get me in trouble. She is pretty stockable. I am stockable. I mean, look at me. I'm young. I'm hip. I, I co-host the Lord of the Rings podcast. What's not to love? <laughs> Maddie, what else have you been up to? Uh... Animal Crossing. Oh, fuck yeah. Well, we've both been up to that. Oh, my god! We've been playing Animal Crossing like our lives depend on it. That's really why we haven't been recording. It's just because we've been playing Animal Crossing nonstop. That's like, that's like actually not a joke, though. We we have been playing constantly. We, uh, we finally reached a four-star rating on our island, which we were both really, really happy about. I built some beautiful pathways. We have like a secret garden. We've, we're working on like an ancient Zen garden on the top of our island. It's and pretty it's, intense. It's coming along really, really well. We're, we're really happy about it. Do you know what was really the worst part about Animal Crossing, though? What? Jesse's name. <laughs> okay, we, we got to tell the story. For those who don't play Animal Crossing, you can buy turnips and they're like investing in stocks. So you can buy turnips throughout the like on Sundays and then throughout the week you have to wait and try to find the highest turnip prices. And Maddie got a text from one I of her friends. I got a text from my friend Jordan and she said that they were selling turnips on her island for 488 bells, which is a ridiculously high price to sell them for. So I wasn't able, I, I was at work at the time, so I was not able to to go to her island, but I asked her for her friend code so that Molly and Jesse could could go to her island and sell their turnips for a very, very high price and make some some good bells. Right. So I didn't actually buy turnips this week, but Jesse did. So he was working on putting flooring down in our house. And so I got on for him and I went to her island and I went and bought those or sold all the turnips. And I was like, thank you so much. Like, this was so great. And... I left and went home. And then I get a text from Maddie. Mm. So <laughs> Jesse's name on Animal Crossing is Daddy. <laughs> uh, in my defense, I do have four children. Yeah. And I think that was the intention. But you also just, it's like lowercase daddy, which like somehow <laughs> makes it worse. I don't know why, but it really does. And Jordan texts me and she goes, um, is your sister's username Daddy? <laughs> and I was like, oh. I was like, no, that's that's <laughs> that's my brother-in-law, which is so much. And she she 
goes, I literally spat my drink out when I saw that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, so I like sent a screenshot of that to Molly, that conversation. And she goes, I think you need to, you know, tell her that we're married with four, four children. And I just said, absolutely not. She's like, I think it's way better that it's she doesn't way, I know. Want, I want to leave her guessing. <laughs> Gosh, she's going to think we're like some weird sex freaks. Everybody thinks that already. Yeah. Okay, let's go. But yeah, I mean, I know that's part of what you've been up to, but tell us a little bit about your other quarantine endeavors. Well, it's been really fun in my house because I have four children. Right. So I've been a mom slash teacher slash nurse slash snack provider slash uh, I don't know what else I'm doing. Pretty much I've been teaching my kids their schooling, which has been definitely challenging at times, but pretty fun at times too. And uh, it's been totally chaotic in our house. I also finished my first semester back at college with an A plus. That's right, bitch. An A plus. <laughs> I felt pretty good about I it. I know. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much, we've been drinking too much alcohol. Yes. And uh, staying up too late. I think we've may have actually gone through almost a hundred truly slash white claws why are you telling them that because we might get paid for it we love truly's and white claws and bon and bibs <laughs> i think the total is closer to a thousand at this point brought oh, oh god jesse oh, don't tell this them that. is another exciting thing we got jesse a microphone oh yeah here he is he can talk now <laughs> hello jesse hello that's jesse jesse is our editor editor Slash producer slash husband slash of my He's husband. He's not our husband. <laughs> He's your husband. My husband. And um, yeah. And brother-in-law. Yeah. And he's a dad, too. And he's doing a great job. He sure is. He's essential, too. Jesse's essential. Yeah, I am. Jesse works at the airport, so he's essential. Sorry, Molly. You're not essential. I am raising four <laughs> children. <laughs> you're essential to them. That's for sure. I am. Essential she's essential to me. To me. Oh, we both said it at the same time. That was really cute. That's nice. <laughs> All right. Should we start talking about Lord of the Rings? I mean, I guess so. You guys, I missed this so much, and I'm so excited to dive back in. I know. I'm really excited. And I'm we really have this, like, fucking killer, killer episode yeah, planned. Yeah, we have something good for you today. Really, really, really heavy shit here, and it's going to be kind of a longer episode, I have a feeling, because Probably. I've seen Maddie's pages of research and my pages of research, so sit down. Buckle in. Grab a glass of wine. Maybe four. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like my type of situation. <laughs> and enjoy. So I'm going to do the book overview for chapter 11, A Knife in the Dark. I'd love to see you try. All right. Well, here we go. So we start the chapter with Fatty Bulger, which is one of my favorite characters who they just completely left out of the movies. Well, what were they going to do with him? Fatty Bulger is epic. He is very important. I would he, mm, just leave it. Leave okay. it. So he is dressed as Frodo and he's pretending to be Frodo in his house. He's cosplaying as he's Frodo. He's cosplaying as Frodo. And he is at the house and the black riders start coming to him. So he runs out and he faints and he's like, Don't take me, it's not me. And it's very dramatic. And then Frodo wakes up and he's at the inn at the prancing pony. And they didn't sleep in their beds. They're watched over by Strider all night. Right. And then they go to their old rooms and they find their rooms destroyed and knives stabbed in all of their pillows and their blankets. And Frodo's like, oh, I'm so glad we didn't sleep here. That's fantastic. Thanks, Strider. Right. Strider's like, I got you. And then Butterbur is like, oh my gosh, nothing's ever happened here. This is so horrible. Nothing's ever happened here. I feel like that's fair. <laughs> So anyways, they decide, they decide they're ready to leave. So Mary goes to get the ponies, but the ponies are gone. They're right. vanished. So they're like, well, we need ponies. And they're like, well, we don't have any ponies in town. And they finally, after searching like all morning, find only one pony. And the pony's name is Bill Fernie because <gasps> Bill Fernie was the owner of the pony. Who was, and Bill Fernie's a total asshole. He was a dick. Yeah. But they take the pony and he becomes best friends with Sam. And it's really, really, really sweet. So Bill comes with them. They head out on their little adventure and they go through like this mosquito infested marsh, which is really terrible. And then finally they make it to Weathertop, which was like an old fortress of the men, you know, way back when. We already talked about all that. Numenorians? Well, not really. Dunedain. Dunedain, yeah. Okay. 
So then we stop. They make a camp in a little dell. It's like a little valley covered by trees next to Weathertop. They go to the top and they see engraved initials from Gandalf because he actually was there and he like left his little initials carved. I love that part. And then all of a sudden they realize the Black Riders are nearby. And Shiner's like, we shouldn't have stayed up there so long. I was just looking out. This was so stupid. So they go back down and they make a little camp because they're like, well, there's nothing we can do now. We can't outride them. We only have one pony and there's five of us. There's nothing we can do. We're just going to make a camp. So they make a camp and Strider takes the time to tell them this really lovely story about Baron and Luthien. And it's this very long little chant that he reads. It's like two pages long. It's very long. And then afterwards, he explains like a very brief bit about Baron and Luthien and who they were. It's like a love story. And then he like stops talking and they're like, oh, shit, something's going down. And all of a sudden, the Black Riders attack and there's five of them and they're up on the hill and then three of them start coming down. And Frodo's like, fuck what am I gonna do so he grabs his dagger and one of them charges at him with a sword and Frodo stabs him in the foot and then uh, uh, Aragorn jumps out of the trees with flaming wood and he's like attacking them and then the <laughs> Maddie's like jumping back from me and then the black rider stabs Frodo in the shoulder and Frodo passes out and it's the end of the chapter okay I'm sure you could tell by the excitement in her voice but watching her actually perform that recap was epic. So intense. Yes. And 50% outrageous and 50% <laughs> extremely entertaining. <laughs> and um, she was like, was like, she stabbed and she's like got her hands and she's like flailing her arms, like waving her fist. I feel like that might have been the best recap I've ever done. I think it was really good, Moss. Thank you. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> All right. Show me up with the movie overview. Oh, this is absolutely not going to be even close to the amount of energy that you just gave. Hmm. But I will try my best. All right. So it's the night after the Black Riders have come and slashed the, the pillows and all that shit happened. They're walking through the wilderness and they're kind of talking about how Aragorn's weird and shifty and Aragorn is looking like a little bit hurt that they're gossiping about him. And then Pippin is like, hey, when's when's breakfast? And Aragorn's like, we already had breakfast. And he's like, well, yeah, we had the first one, but when's the second one? And then Aragorn's like, no. Yeah, he's like, fuck no. But then he, like, throws an apple back. Anyways, it's a scene we all know and love. Okay. Later, they are resting in this, like, weird sort of marshland. It's nighttime. Everybody's sleeping. But Frodo is awake, and he's listening to Aragorn sing a song in a language. I assume it's probably Sindarin, something like that. Some kind of elvish language. And he says, "Who the woman you're singing about, who is she? And Aragorn says, this is a song of uh, Luthien to Nuviel, who fell in love with Baron, a mortal man. And Frodo goes, what happened to her? And Aragorn says, she died. And that's pretty much all we hear about it. But we understand that there's something deeper going on here within Aragorn's mind. They make it to Weathertop, Okay. Aragorn goes off to try and either scout or find something. I don't know exactly what he's doing. I can't remember. Merry and Pippin light a fire. They're trying to cook some food. And then Frodo is like, what the fuck are you doing lighting a fire? Like, we're supposed to be hiding here. And then at that moment, they look down the cliff and the Black Riders are coming up. And they're like swooping. They're looking like all imposing and scary like they always do. And so they douse the fire and then like, they run up to the top of Weathertop and thus begins this like sort of mini battle with the Black Riders. And Aragorn's trying to fight them. He's got like a piece of wood that's on fire. But Frodo puts on the ring to try and like escape. Oh, or maybe I he's like, that. yeah, right. Oops. And then he can see the Black Riders as they truly are, like the nine kings of men, but they look all spooky and creepy and like their faces are all weird and and then the leader, the Witch King of Angmar, which I don't think we know who that is at that point, but that's who it is, stabs him 
right in the shoulder and Frodo's like in a bad way and he's obviously like it's it's not good and that's like kind of that's where we are right yeah that's I completely like, forgot to say that about how Frodo like when he was in panic he's like oh I don't want to be seen so he puts, puts the, ring the ring as yeah. like a oh they won't be able to see me then and it's really stupid because actually that's the only way that they're truly able to see him when he's in that like in between right, world exactly. as soon as he puts on the ring that's like the the beacon to them right like how to but find him exactly it's more than that because they are in that in between that's how they exist in their own like right. weird sort of realm quote-unquote physical like that's their realm where and they he exist. entered their realm and then it was just full on they're like them. oh here you are yeah great let's stab you now right so and then in the book he like takes the ring off and then he passes out so right sorry i did forget that um no i mean it's fine i just got really wrapped up in the excitement yeah, you were very intense i know okay maddie i think you're gonna go first this week with your discussion because yeah. yours happens chronologically before mine yes all right okay. go for it girl all right i'm gonna start with a quote from page 191 and this is Aragorn singing his little song. His little song. Okay, I'm sorry. The leaves were long. The grass was green. The hemlock umbels, tall and fair. And in the glade, a light was seen of stars in shadow shimmering. Tenuviel was dancing there to music of a pipe unseen. And light of stars was in her hair and in her raiment glimmering. Their baron came from mountains cold, and lost he wandered under leaves. And where the elven river rolled, he walked alone and sorrowing. He peered between the hemlock leaves, and saw in wonder flowers of gold upon her mantle and her sleeves, and her hair like shadow following. So this is our first introduction to the tale of Baron and Luthien which is actually quite significant. And I didn't really realize how significant it was because it's really only mentioned that one time in the films, which is Aragorn singing his little song and he mentions it's about Baron and Luthien. That's really all we hear. It's quite significant. And, and it's a great story. It's a great story, but I only touch on it here. There's actually, you can read Baron and Luthien, the full tale, which is from, it's like a published work by Tolkien, but I'm going to give a terrible, terrible synopsis compared to that <laughs> right now. Okay. But I mean, I think that if somebody was willing to read the entire Baron and Luthien and all of his other published works, they probably wouldn't be interested in our podcast. Exactly. Because so. once again... <laughs> We have no idea what we're talking about most of the time. And that's part of our charm. All right, Maddie, teach us this love story. Okay. He was a man. She was an elf. Can I make it any more obvious? Are you Avril Lavigne-ing this? What? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Let's, let's, let's just, let's Can just you try that again with a little bit of song. Absolutely not. I think it's <laughs> annoying when I sing. <laughs> We can only keep our singing to a minimum. It has to be like every once in a while. All right. All okay. right. Let's talk about Baron for one second. His name is Baron or Camion, and he is the son of Barahir. So the ring of Barahir. The ring of Barahir. <gasps> That's Aragorn's ring that he wears Stop. on his finger. So we know immediately. There's a connection. There's a connection there. And he is the son of Barahir and Ameldir, who is called the Manhearted. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? So I had to look it up. So basically, Ameldir, who is Barahir's wife, she really wanted to fight alongside her husband against the forces of Sauron. But she eventually... Sauron? Mm-hmm. When he was still a lieutenant of Stop! Morgoth. Stop! Crazy! Right. So basically, she led the women and children of uh, Dagor Bragalach to safety which is like a realm sort of like maybe a city or a realm I, it was hard to gather from what i was reading but she leads them to safety despite many hardships and she earns this title of man-hearted because of all the shit that she overcome like she basically like won oregon trail with these people yeah, and, and they we were know like women, cool as fuck we know women can't do that absolutely fucking not they were like well has she to has be to have a man, man heart right <laughs> no woman could Bastards. <laughs> Bastardo. 
Titanic. Okay. Okay. So Baron is one of the Adine. Of course, we know who the Adine are. They're is it a Dine or a Dane? A Dine. Because we have seen this AI formation. Allow us to speculate for a moment because we're trying to figure out these pronunciations all the time because we had no reference for what it is at all. But we know Duna Dine mm. has that AI sound. And then we started saying Einor. All right. Mayar. All right, all right. I, so I'm assuming it's a Dine. A Dine, okay. Okay. That's that's at least my um interpretation. Baron was one of the Adine. He was born to the royal house of Baor of Dorthonion. And he has a legacy of being a straight up badass. Like this is what he's known for. He's a hero and adventurer. He's heroing. He's adventuring all over the fucking place like a sexy Lewis and Clark. We love him. Baron's great. But he's not like, he's not like, um... He's not, like, Snapchatting about it. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. he's heroing, he's adventuring, and he asks for nothing in return. Like, he's just going about his business and just, like, being cool as fuck. So, Baron and his... Like Captain Jack Sparrow. Exactly. Well, Captain Jack Sparrow kind of asks for some attention for that as well, though. I feel like Baron is more of, like, perhaps a Will Turner. All right. Okay. So, Baron... Barahir and their 11 loyal followers, they really fucking piss off Morgoth because they performed, quote unquote, many acts of bravery. (laughs) How dare they? (laughs) How dare they? I I don't really know what this means. Like, I don't know if they're like saving people or if they're just like parkouring all over the place. (laughs) Like, I'm not really sure. I love them. <laughs> Something's happening. Parkour. So this uh, this earns them the name the Outlaws of Dorthonion, which is 100% has to be the name of a metal band, metal garage band somewhere out there. Outlaws of Dorthonion. Maybe we should cancel this and start a garage band. Oh, fuck yes. <laughs> but we have to play metal music, even though neither of us like that or know anything about it. We'll ask our brothers. <laughs> Okay, go very into it, both of them. They basically spent their time defying the will of Morgoth. So they're just going around and fucking his shit up. And he's really mad about it, and he does not like them. There's a battle that takes place. It's called the Battle of Dagor Bragalach, and it's it brought ruin to Baron's kingdom. And after his father Barahir died, Baron went to go live in the wilderness. <sighs> I cannot describe to you how outrageous the information that I'm about to tell you is, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Baron. (laughs) You're really struggling here. He makes. He makes friends with the birds and the beasts and they come to help him if he needs help and he doesn't hunt and doesn't eat any meat and he kills only Morgoth's creatures <laughs> exclusively and only fears captivity. This is... Wait, he's wait. Le- he's legitimately a Disney princess. He... I was just about to say... He actually is. Like, he has animal sidekick friends. He doesn't Does eat Does he sing to ma- them? Probably. <laughs> Everybody fucking sings in Lord of the Rings. Are you kidding me? It's like everybody's like, oh, no, this terrible thing happened. I'm going to write a fucking 12-verse song right now just off the top of my goddamn head. Like, even Sam does it. I'm like, what are you? what is happening right now? Who does this? They do. They do. So, literally, he's just, he's going around. He's crunchy as fuck. He's got all these little animal friends. He's prancing around the forest. He's like, the only thing I don't want to be is, like, trapped in a cage i just want to be free i just want to live off the land this is baron <laughs> this is who, this is this is who he him this is who he him. this is who he him a high price is placed on his head so he has to flee his birth land he's basically living within his own realm and then morgoth is like i don't like this motherfucking bitch like we're getting rid of him right now and baron's like oh shit like i gotta go he moseys over to Doriath through the forests of Dungortheb, as I think how that's okay. pronounced. 
And this is one he sees and immediately swipes right on Luthien. <laughs> Let's talk about this bad bitch for a second here. Are you ready? <laughs> it's happening. Luthien, also known as Tenuviel, is the princess of the Sindar and the daughter of Eluthingol, king of Doriath, and Queen Malia. No, Queen Melion. My N looks like an H. Okay. What are you going to do about it? She is a Maya, though. Whoa, hello. Yeah, so Thingol, trophy wife. He got a trophy wife. He, he got one. Good for you, Thingol. Sounds like Baron did, too. He absolutely fucking did. Just get ready for this shit. So Luthien is the most beautiful elf maiden that ever lived. Hot does not begin to cover it. She is consistently described as the most gorgeous being that ever existed. I thought Goldberry was the most beautiful. This is not, that's not what everything that I, okay, all the so sources. This is like nowhere near there. This is like, she's like the most near, epic like she of the She is literally the most epic of the epic of, of any. She puts the tens to shame. Any of the, she puts, oh my God, she's like fucking 15. Can you imagine? Luthien's really hot. That's all we need to know. Before she meets Baron, her life is pretty zen. She spends almost all of her time dancing around the forest to the music of her super close guy friend. And I can't remember his name now, but he plays a little flute and he is like totally in love with her and she has like no idea she's like oh my god like i love that we have this relationship where you can just like play flute music for me and i can dance around and it's like totally platonic and great he's so and he's like he Mm. Mm. hardcore hate to talk about it like that but he is in the friend zone (laughs) he's probably an incel let's be honest Everybody has a crush on her though like she's super hot and everybody's in love with her and she's like i'm just waiting for the right guy Guess who that is? <laughs> it's probably the flute player. It's Snow White. <laughs> Fucking Baron. Luthien holds the title of being the first elven woman to fall in love with a man. You hear that, Arwen? Bitch ain't got shit on her. Luthien is like, oh, Baron, um do you want to fall in love? And he's like, obviously. And Arwen comes along and she's like, isn't it so controversial that like me and Aragorn are in love? And everybody's like, Arwen, like it's been done before. Like many times. Like many. Like we've got it. Okay. We've got it, girl. She's not original. It's not a ridge. Actually, Liv Tyler might be the prettiest woman. Oh, I love Liv Tyler. Her face. But like, but like particularly as Arwen. Yep. Mm -hmm. She's so gorgeous. I... They do such a good job making the elves look like so beautiful, heavenly, yeah, celestial, celestial. They're so beautiful. Um. Okay. Okay. So let, let's talk about their romance a little bit. How about that? Luthien is the daughter of an elven king and an angelic being, a literal angel. Baron is a man, and he's on the run. Man on the run. I thought you weren't going to sing this episode. I know, I'm sorry. I forgot. You could say that their relationship is a little controversial. And nobody thinks that more than Thingol. Oh, shit. Luthien's Dad father. says no. Mm-mm. Thingol super didn't want Baron to marry his daughter. So he told him he had to bring him one of the Silmarils from Morgoth's crown. Oh, shit. He literally goes, oh, you want to marry Luthien? Cool. Go do this impossible task. And oh Baron's like, okay. Oh my god. <laughs> so Baron and Luthien set off. This task is literally supposed to be impossible. And with the help of a ragtag group of misfits, including Finrod of Nargothrond and Huon, the Great Hound. Now, I'm sorry, this has nothing to do with anything, but when I was doing my research, it is spelled H U A N. And I debated very long and hard whether to say Huan or Juan <laughs> and I decided that I absolutely can't fucking say Juan 
Because but it, just just doesn't, but just, it just doesn't give the right sense of what's going on here. Like, but here I've said it. And now I'm just going to call him Juan. I'm going to fucking do it. All right. You know what? It may be a controversial move, but. This is like reading the Bible and saying Jesus. You realize that. Absolutely. It fucking is. Let's talk about Juan for a second. Okay. So if Juan comes out here and he's a big old dog, super loyal, really good boy. And Baron and Luthien actually do complete the quest. They This involves besting Sauron, breaking into Angband, which is, or Angband, I don't know what it is. This is Melkor's iron prison. So it's literally like a massive fortress full of enemies, impossible to break into, even more impossible to get out of. But they do it. They retrieve the Silmaril and they escape the fortress. I want to read this book now. But wait. But wait, there's more. Okay. Baron does not get off that easy. Uh-oh. As Baron and Luthien were escaping Angband. 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 I can't decide. The great wolf, Karkaroth, which sounds a bit like Karkaroth. This is not a Harry Potter podcast. It's not. The great wolf, Karkaroth, awoke and pursued them in the hopes that the light of the Silmaril would avert the wolf, Baron holds it out. He's got it. He's got his hand out. He's trying to like either blind the wolf or like get it to go a different direction. And this turns out to be like the shittiest plan ever because homeboy got his whole hand bitten off. Shit. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Mm-hmm. Stop. Mm-hmm. And this earns him the name or camion meaning one hand. I mean, that's not the best nickname. Oh, there's a worse one. Don't worry, it's coming. <laughs> the wolf at this point has swallowed both Baron's hand and the Silmaril he was holding in it. Obviously, our boy Baron isn't doing too hot at this point. It's not good. And Luthien's like, fuck, like, how do I get him out of here? But guess what? They are rescued by the trusty eagles of Manwe. Which... I know everybody talks about this all the time. That the eagles just come in whenever they need help. and They just seem to be like, well, we'll come in when it's like extremely dire. But like, we're not going to help you complete these tasks so that you didn't get in this situation in the first place. Right. I mean, like. Like they could have just picked up Frodo at the beginning and flown him all the way to Mount Doom. Flown him right up to Mount Doom and been Mm. like, we're going to drop you off. Throw that ring in there. That's too convenient. Well, yeah, because then there wouldn't be a story. But. Anyways, seems like bullshit to me. Am I right? Anyways, Baron presents himself to Thingol at this point with a bloody stump instead of a hand. And he's like, hey, like, I, I'm i here. I don't have the Silmaril. <laughs> and Thingol's like, okay. And he's like, but let me explain. Like, I had, I had it. it. <laughs> and then my hand, as you can see, which I no longer have. Uh, it had it in there and then a wolf bit it off <laughs> and Thingle's like, okay, I'm going to call you Cam Loss now. <laughs> you know what that means? Empty handed. Stupid bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a total dick move. I'm like, he literally went in here. Like he actually got the motherfucking Silmaril. He gets his hand bitten off and you're like, <laughs> it's called empty handed. <laughs> it's funnier because he doesn't even have a hand anymore. <laughs> I know he's a dickhole. Baron, okay, he does get another chance here because they do. Baron tells him the story about what happened with the wolf. They know that the wolf has the Silmaril inside of it at this point. So Baron they just have to wait for it to poop it out. Well, no, they have to hunt it down because oh, right that because it's more intense. Baron participates in the hunting of Karkaroth, which went pretty well until Baron is mortally wounded and fucking dies. Huh. But hey, they got the Silmaril. Well, that's the silver lining. There it is. In their the love story. Silmar lining. I'm not done. As soon as Luthien learns of Baron's death, she straight up just lays down and dies. Like from grief. Like she's so overcome with sadness because she loves him so much that she's just like, I'm going to die right now. And we've all felt like that sometimes, you know, but it never actually happens. Like with her, she was just like, I'm so sad. I'm going to die. And then she did. Her soul is transported to the halls of Mondos 
I would like to tell you a little bit about these because it's really cool. Okay, then then you got to answer the questions because I'm very confused. Okay. The Halls of Mondos are also known as the Halls of Waiting. They are in Valinor, and this is where the great Vala Namo lives and judges souls. So he's like kind of like the the Vala of death. And this is also the place where elves, when they die, they spend a period of cleansing before they decide whether or not they want to be reincarnated. They have that choice. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. If they die, they have a choice to either be reincarnated back into their old body um, or they can like pass on to the undying, the, lands. The undying yeah. lands. So... The walls are hung with the tapestries of Namo's spouse, Vire, which depict all of the events of unfolding history. Shit. So they're ever-changing and ever-growing. And it's just like this... Uh, to me, it's the coolest place that I've learned about yeah. so far. Like, Wait, wait, wait. That's not true. Werewolf Manor. <laughs> the vampire the Isle of Werewolves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> werewolf manor <laughs> that was by far my I'm favorite i'm sure i read a book called that in like <laughs> third grade <laughs> that's where i want to live <laughs> sounds cool as fun <laughs> as long as jacob black is there <laughs> am i right <laughs> my swole mate <laughs> i'm really sorry okay <laughs> i'm gonna stop okay renesmee thank you <laughs> Oh, that name. We're not going to talk about that. We could go on for hours. Okay. <laughs> so Luthien sings the saddest and most beautiful song to Mondos as soon as she's like there. And in the first and only time in his existence, he's moved to pity. Because she's so beautiful. Because she's singing I Can't Make You Love Me by Bonnie Ray. I can't make you love me. If, if you, you don't, don't. <laughs> she she sings that song I'm sorry to cry. oh my god <laughs> and mondos is like fuck that's sad <laughs> and he's like he's like okay hold on just wait right there i want to figure something out for you he seeks the council of monway and monway's like i don't fucking know what to do so he bumps this up to eru iluvatar himself what? and they all decide to give luthien a choice she can either live with the Valar in eternal bliss as a reward for her being basically awesome. And beautiful. And beautiful. Or be restored. And, and her her role in the quest to find the Silmaril right, as right, well. Right. Or be restored to life with Baron on the condition that they both would be mortal and would <gasps> die as those of the race of men do. She's completely obsessed with Baron, obviously. So, of course, she chooses to be brought back to life. <sighs> You know, I'm I stand like, by that. So romantic. Yeah, it's cute, I guess. Baron and Luthien alive once more. They're like as cute as Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks. Uh, actually, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold on. Let's take a pause for a second because <laughs> Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks do not have as good of chemistry as Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan do. Um, we're, are we on a break? Because who the hell do you think you are? Yeah. I know. I would say when Harry Metalli is better than anything else that Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan were in together. Jesse has spoken. You agree? Baron and Luthien, they're alive again. And you know what the first thing that they do is? Have sex. They isolate themselves from other mortals and live their little perfect celebrity. Celebrity. <laughs> celebrity is a celebrity does, Harry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, let me start over. That was a pretty good Gilderoy. <laughs> Thank you. I've been practicing for it my entire life. <laughs> Don't start again. Just keep going. Okay. They live their perfect celebrity couple Instagram influencer lifestyle. You see how hard that was to say? That was a lot. And I said it. It's on a little island called Tol Galen in the middle of the river Adorant. And they do obviously hook up because they've got a son and you know his name is what dior dior 
they might as well named their daughter Chanel. I fucking know. <laughs> I literally <laughs> I was it. reading that and I already wrote my joke about them being Instagram influencer couple. And then I, they named their son Dior. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> they, their next child's name is Prada. Like, literally, I'm like, are we really doing this right now? Do we have to do... This is, like, the type of people who buy, like, Toms for their three-month-year-old baby. I have Toms for Evie. Yeah, but they're, like, for her when she's a year old. It's different. They're not there for six months. She definitely can't walk in them. Shit. (laughs) Maybe I should take that one back, you know, since I just insulted you. (laughs) Wouldn't be any different than any other day. Your baby's extra, though, you know? She is. She's living the Ritz. She is. So in Columbus, Ohio, Dior, if, if this, if this gets, if it can get any worse, Dior is considered to be one of the fairest beings to ever live because in him flows the blood of men, elves, and the Ainur. The mixing of blood is one of the greatest legacies of the romance of Baron and Luthien for it fostered more gentle respect among elves and men. The bloodline begun by them continued through the Numenorians, Dunedain, and Adain, flowing through the veins of countless kings, leading all the way to Aragorn and Arwen. Did you write that? Mm-hmm. That was beautiful, Maddie. Thank you very much. According to legend, I did not write this part. Okay. According to legend, Luthien's line will never be broken as long as the world lasts. So... Their love lives on. That's wonderful. Wow. So they're they're so important because they're the great 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 grandparents of pretty much everybody. Uh, yeah, anybody. Who's Adam like, and Eve, pretty much. More like Adam and Steve. <laughs> Baron and Luthien say queer rights. I'm into it. That was really I'm into awesome. It too. Um, thank you. That's it. I mean, that's their story. Basically, I'm sure that there are... I know that there are a hundred more details that I left out, but I tried to give it, like, the bare bones with a little, little something, something in here, you know? I thought it was great, and I'm very, very excited now to read that book because it sounds like it slaps real hard. It's gonna have to slap. I love that you've been saying slaps (laughs) now. You ripped (laughs) off on me. I know. I've been waiting for it to happen. Yep. Okay, so that was killer, and now I want to follow with mine. Uh, I feel like you're going to like one-up me pretty hard here right now. No, I don't think I'm going to one-up you. I just think that mine's really fucking intense, and I was sitting there researching it, and I was like, okay, Maddie, I finished. Now it's time to do your fucking research so we can actually record another episode. And, and you're like, it. I'm going to do it. And then you did, and now I'm so excited. I get to tell you all about mine. It's time. It's time. I'm ready. There live still those of whom Luthien was the foremother, and it is said that her line shall never fail. Elrond of Rivendell is of that kin, for of Baron and Luthien was born Dior Thingol's heir, and of him Elwing the White, whom Arendil wedded. He was sailed his ship out of the mists of the world into the seas of heaven with the Silmaril upon its brow, and of Arendil came the kings of Numenor, that is Westerness. Okay, Maddie. So we keep talking about, we actually named an episode about the Numenorians. Oh, yeah. Well, All roads lead to Numenor. Right. What, what the hell is Numenor? We know it's an island and we know that men were there. I am going to finally give us all the answers. Oh, shit. Are you so ready? I'm so ready, bro. Okay. Near the beginning of time in the first age... Men were created in a land called Hildorian. They then traveled from the east to Beleriand. All right. These were the Adain. The Adain? Right? Yeah. That's what we decided they yeah, are. The Adain. Yes. We concur. Thank you. Or the fathers of men. Cool. Mm-hmm. They were broken into three tribes or houses. One was the house of Beor, which is the one that Baron is from that right. you told me about. Mm-hmm. The house of Heleth. Haleth? H-A-L-E-T-H. Haleth. Haleth. And the house of Hador. Hador. H-A-D-O-R. O-R. I don't fucking know. The house. Hador. The house of Hador. Hador. They came from the east to Bellarand. Bellarand. (laughs) I'll just say it for you every time. We got it. It's fine. 
We're not going to stop every time you, you say Belair. <laughs> when they came to? Beleriand. They became close friends with the elves almost immediately. BFFs from the start. Cute. Mm-hmm. They fought against the big bad, Morgoth. Ugh, hate that bitch. I know. Their leader... Uh, uh, okay, so so we're zooming in the pat in the future a little bit. Okay, okay. So they've been in Beleriand for a while. They're you fighting said it that time. Thank you. <laughs> They're fighting against Morgoth, and their leader, Arendil. Arendil the Mariner was a the Mariner. That's right. He sailed to Valinor. He asked the Valar to help them against Morgoth, and they were like, "You know what? Fine, we're gonna help you, but." You can't go back to Middle-earth. Instead, you have to go with your ship and the Silmaril that you brought up in the sky. You got to plant your house up there. You got to sit there and shine down some hope for the rest of time. (sighs) Sounds like a raw deal. Well, he did it. He was super nice. So he was like, all right, I got it. He goes up to the sky. He shines down hope. He's got the Silmaril. Everything's great. They have this battle. Almost all of the Adain are killed. Like, totally destroyed in the last battle but they were also able to destroy morgoth okay so like good and bad good and bad mm, there's trade-offs for everything aaron deal had two sons okay so before he left in a ship in the sky he had two sons elrond and elros <gasps> right a little more about elrond and elros before we continue okay so their dad was aaron deal mm-hmm. their mother was elwing elwing was Baron and Luthien's granddaughter. Oh, shit. Right? No. Okay, so the bloodline's going on. It's going, going on. That's right. It's going. All right. Both parents are half-blood. And so Elrond and Elros are both given the choice. They can either live as elves and have immortality, or they can live and have the gift of men and be mortal. Okay. Okay. Elrond obviously chose to be an elf because that's Arwen's dad, dad, and we get to know Elrond, blah, blah, blah. Elros chose to have the gift of men, and he chose to be mortal. What is the gift of men? Can you explain that? Being mortal. That's the gift of men. How is that a gift? I guess when your life is shorter, you can appreciate it more, and you get to get really tall and be really sexy and strong and wise, because that's what else he got. I don't know. The elves are kind of sexy and strong and wise, too. I know. And more wise. I would say they're wiser. All right. All right. And taller. He got the gift of men. And generally hotter. It's what he chose, okay? Okay. Fair enough. So after the last battle, Elros and his people that were his followers or mm-hmm. so um, were gifted with longer life of like 300 years or more, longer life, greater height, and greater wisdom. They were also gifted with the island of Numenor. And those people <gasps> became the Numenorians. That's Elrond's brother? Elrond's brother was the first king of Numenor. Of Numenor. Holy shit. Okay, so now I'm going to tell you all about the island of Numenor. Please do. Okay. So Aaron Deals up in the sky. He's a bright little shining star. Right? He's, he's doing his god darndest up well, there. Well, Elros gets in his boat with all his little people, all his Numenorians. They sail across the ocean following the star to find their island. They find the island <gasps> and it's shaped like we a star. We keep our island in our mind. And when it's time to find home, we you know, know the way. Okay, it's basically anyways. Moana. Yeah. 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 So they find the island and it's shaped like a star. So they oh. follow the star. It's shaped like the star. And the, it's a five-point star. Really cool. Uh, they The island was originally called Elena, meaning star words. Ooh. I know. Ooh. Pretty sexy. I thought you said Star Wars for a second. And I was like, no. Crossover. Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. it. Okay, so the island falls between Middle Earth and... Amon, which is where the Valar live. Right. Right. The Undying Lands. Valinor. All that Valinor, shit. Valinor, all that shit. So it's in this in the middle of the sea, in between all that. This is 
the most beautiful island you could ever imagine. The Valar came because they had given them the given the Numenorians this gift of the island. Okay. So they came and they brought them flowers and trees and plants and beautiful stuff to grow there. And so did the elves. They came with boats and they like brought them little gifts and treated them all special and was like, welcome home. Let's have some champagne. And it was like real, real awesome. God, that sounds nice. I know. And so they freaking loved it. In the very middle of the island is a big mountain called Menelitarma. 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 And it's this big giant mountain. And they built a temple to Eruilivatar on the temple. But they left at the very top of the mountain is sacred. So they never built anything up there. Oh, very occult. I love it. I know. So there's two rivers that flow through the island and everything's rich and luscious and wonderful. And one of the trees that was given to them by the Valar is a special white tree. <gasps> mm-hmm. And it's right in their capital city and it grows and it's beautiful and strong. And it is called Nimloth the Fair. And Nimloth is tied to the fate of the kings. Oh, shit. Does that sound familiar? I don't know. Okay. Okay. So also, I just felt like you would really appreciate this little fact. The island contained one species of bird that is found nowhere else in the entire Tolkien world. (gasps) Amazing. It's called the Kiriniki. Kiriniki? K-I-R-I-N-K-I. Kirinki. Kirinki. And it's a scarlet colored bird with little piping voice. Aww. I just thought you'd like that. I love that. It's I like know. its own little like Galapagos Island little tropical little thing. Yeah. Oh. So it was founded in uh, Second Age 32. So okay. Second Age began once Morgoth was destroyed. Right. It took them like 30 years to get their shit together, to sail across there, to make this happen. Second Age 32, Numenor's founded. Everything's fantastic. Okay. That lasts for like a thousand years. Oh, okay. Right. Pretty long yeah, time. Pretty good. They have this really fantastic political system where it's like kings and queens, but the crown or the throne or whatever is passed down to the eldest child, whether it's a man or a woman. Oh, love that. Love that. Killing Woo-hoo. it. Killing it. So, so progressive. I know. So they had this wonderful, wonderful life. They had only two rules. Two goddamn rules. Okay. What are they? One of them is that they have to always respect and worship Eru, Livatar, and the Valar. Okay. The other one is that they're not supposed to sail west towards Valinor and that whole, you know, undying land. They're not allowed to go there. They're not allowed to go there because they are not allowed to be immortal. They're gifted with long lives. They're not allowed to be immortal. That's just the shit they are dealt. Deal with it. Right. Right. So... The Numenorians got a little bit pissed off about that. Mm-hmm. And this is where shit starts hitting the fan. So basically, uh, I, I titled this part of my research, When Men Become Assholes. Okay, cool. Okay. So over time, the Numenorians became jealous of the elves and the Valar and wished for eternal life. They are greedy as fuck and... They decide that they want to sail over to Middle Earth and they want to start like taking over, basically. Oh, God. I know. It's really fucking annoying. They first come over and they're like friends with the elves and everything's fine. And then they start like colonizing and making little places all over. And this is when they start like getting like fucking really, like, like <sighs> manifest destiny yeah, bullshit. And they literally just they literally America. describe them they describe them as tyrants. Okay. Like not great. That doesn't sound good. Right. But there's a small group of the Numenorians who stay faithful. So okay. I'm going to be calling them the faithful. They're the ones who stayed true to the elves and to the Valar. Okay. Everybody else are the assholes. Okay. Assholes, faithful. Assholes, faithful. Got mm-hmm. it. Okay, sure. So shit gets even worse. No, oh, no. Okay. In Second Age 1600, Sauron came and he created the ring. Yeah. Okay. So he started Bitch. to try to take over Middle Earth and the Numenorians, not fully bad at this point, just like kind of like eh, right now, mm. they heard about this and they're like, okay, this is not cool. This is not chill. They came, they wiped out Sauron and his army. Good jobs. Good yeah. job, Numenorians. Way to go. That's good people. They went home. So Sauron didn't die. 
Right. Right. So he rebuilt his strength and got everything going again. And then in second age, 3,255, he like starts this shit again. You know, he's just like going hard. Like give it a rest, bro. So at this point, the new king, the Numenorean king, R. Farazan. Our Farazan is like, we got to go. We got to kill Sauron again. Let's go. So they come over to Middle Earth. They're fighting against Sauron. They decimate him like immediately. And Sauron's like, oh, you can take me as prisoner. And so they're (gasps) like, "Mm -hmm, this is when. mm -hmm, mm -hmm." Okay. So they're like, they're like, okay, great. Come back to Numenorean. We're going to lock you in the prison. But the king, our Farazan, is very, very easily corrupted. <gasps> the uh, king gets corrupted. Obviously, he Sauron starts off as a prisoner, and then he works his way up to be the advisor to oh the king. Oh my god, give me a break! And the advisor like tells him that if they start worshiping Melkor slash Morgoth, that he'll give them eternal life. He'll help them get eternal life. So get this <sighs> shit. This is so disgusting. The king built a 500-foot-tall temple to Morgoth, complete with human sacrifices. Ew, I don't like it. He then cuts down Nimloth, the white tree, and sacrifices it to Morgoth. Why? Because he's a douchebag. Luckily, this faithful man mm-hmm. right one of the faithful right comes and takes a piece of fruit or and and the seeds and rescues the seeds and keeps them okay we're coming back to that okay then the real the climax of the story happens okay our Farazan and sauron make a plan to attack the undying lands yeah sounds like a good sounds idea like a really great idea sounds like that'll work they create a giant armada okay and they're going to sail across the ocean and attack Okay. One of the faithful named Amandil told his sons to load up nine boats full of the faithful to sail across the Middle Earth. Okay. okay. He takes this time and he sails to Valinor and he warns the Valar of the attack. Oh, that's nice. I know. His son is Elendil. <gasps> oh. And Elendil has his sons on board, one of them being Isildur. And Isildur is the one who took the piece of fruit of the white tree. Oh, good job, Isildur. Way to go, Isildur. He did did one thing right. You did it, buddy. Okay. So they all get on their boats. They head off. They bring with them the Palantirs, Uh all of the seeing stones. Right. Narsil, okay. the Ring of Barahir, okay. and the Scepter of Anumias. Anumias? Anuminas? Yes, that's the one. Okay. Yeah. They bring all the stuff and they sail off to Middle Earth because they know shit's about to hit the fan. Okay. At the same time, the king and Sauron head off to attack. Manwe, who's the leader of the Valar, he goes to Eru and he's like, please help. This is terrible. So Eru just like breaks the entire world. Oh, that sounds good. Apparently, this is something that I absolutely love. The world used to be flat. (laughs) Didn't you know? What? And (laughs) when Eru breaks the world, he turns it round. That makes sense. Yeah, that's fair. And at the same time, he sinks Numenor under the ocean. And he traps King Arpharazan and his army on Amon, which is you know, the, the Valar's Island in the caves of the forgotten under tons of dirt. So he literally fucking buries them alive. That's hardcore as fuck. (laughs) Boom. Mic drop. Love it. The Island of Numenor known as now Alante is called that once it falls into the sea. Okay. It's no more. Okay. Long story short, don't fuck over the Valar. Yeah. Be like Isildur. Ugh. Scratch that. Be like a Lendiel. Yeah. Well, and a Sealdor. I mean, I up mean, until. Up until. Well, yeah. Yeah. But, up, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. at that point, stealing that fruit to grow another yeah, nice was really little great. tree. Yeah. Like, so basically, good job. that's where the story ends. They head off to Middle Earth. They're happily ever after. They start Arnor. They start Gondor. They plant the white tree of Gondor. And they start their, like, life there. And that's everything amazing. should have been really great. And then. Sauron comes back. Oh, oh yeah. side note. One little side little 
tidbit. A little spice. Sauron was left on Numenor when it sunk beneath the ocean. <laughs> and this is when he finally lost his body. Oh, well, he fucking deserved it. I know. So now he can't be beautiful no like his, more. His fair, his fair Every, fauna. That's what he lost at that they point. They said, yeah, they say he lost his body. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's not able to shapeshift anymore. Whoa. Yeah. That was fucking intense. I know. I learned so much. I learned so there much. There's so from many you too. like little pieces where like uh, there were things that I had like briefly touched upon or like referenced like Sauron corrupting men but didn't go into it. And you like went into all of those things that we've been like sort of hinting at. Right. I feel much more connected to Aragorn's past, knowing like, okay, so Isildur and Elendil's like that all those are his family members and this is what happened to them like well, it, it makes me and, feel like i understand it and better. i also like that there's actually tangible proof that Isildur wasn't just like a total fucking asshole no, he did time. some really like, great he things did some, he did some cool shit and the like i'm corrupted him it's yeah hard I mean, I mean frodo was corrupted by it too so like we can't really be too hard on them i guess um but that was super super interesting thank you i love that are we moving on to our our quotations? Yeah, and you know what I'm so excited about this week? What? We have two of our fans who wrote in to give us quotes <gasps> to read. Finally! I happened? know. You know. Please write in. Please write in. Please send us some of your favorite quotes from the upcoming section, and we would love to read them. So we are going to read two new quotes from Chapter 11. And if you have any favorite quotes from Chapter 12, please write in so we can include you next week. Our first quotation that was sent in is from Cecilia in Columbus. Thank you, Cecilia. This is from page 194. Sam and Mary got up and walked away from the fire. Frodo and Pippin remained seated in silence. Strider was watching the moonlight on the hill intently. All seemed quiet and still, but Frodo felt a cold dread creeping over his heart. Now that Strider was no longer speaking, he huddled closer to the fire at that moment, Sam came running back from the edge of the dell. Oh, shit. This is right before the Black Riders are about to attack mm -hmm. them, isn't it? I love that description of the cold dread creeping over. Because it. it reminds me of Dementors. It obviously. makes me feel right, creeped out like, as I'm reading it. Yeah. And also, like, you know shit is going to be fucked up because Strider is like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. He's not oh, speaking. Fuck. And so Frodo's like, oh, no. <laughs> Thank you, Cecilia, for that quote. And now I'm going to read a quote from BB from Columbus. This is from page 190. Strider laid his hand on his shoulder. There is still hope, he said. You are not alone. Let us take this wood that is set ready for the fire as a sign. There is a little shelter or defense here, but fire shall serve for both. Sauron can put fire to his evil uses as he can all things. But these writers do not love it and fear those who wield it. Fire is our friend in the wilderness. Mm. I love how he talks. It's really beautiful. He's And then he later comes out with this flaming sword. He's just like, he's like, fuck you! I got fire, bitches! <laughs> it's fantastic. I, just, I, I love the way he talks so much because he is very, very comforting when he... Yeah speaks in particular to frodo i think they have a sort of connection and it's fine he's like he's like yeah we're probably gonna get attacked but that's yeah, gonna happen but it's cool it's fine we, we got fire we got shit it's gonna be cool <laughs> and i like how he said it's like the duality of how elements can be used where he's saying sauron uses fire for his own devices but in the wilderness fire is our friend i love it it's wonderful what a fantastic quote well that was our rebounding episode yeah. of the Sisterhood of the Rings. Yeah. Um, thanks for sticking with us. If you have been listening since the beginning, we're going to try and update. If you are just now listening to our episodes, then we were never gone. Yeah. This should be, <laughs> should be very easy for you. And we'll try and be better about updating more regularly. We did make the decision, though. I know we've kind of changed our schedule for, uh, for our timelines of drop dates quite often but we have decided we're going to do every two weeks that seems a more manageable pace for us with yeah. maddie working full-time and me and my kids so every two weeks on a thursday you'll get a new episode released 
And we really hope that you join in. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Sisterhood of the Rings. Join us next time for another always unexpected journey into all things Tolkien. You can find us wherever you listen to your podcasts and please visit our website, thesisterhoodoftherings.com and like our Facebook page, The Sisterhood of the Rings Podcast. If you like what we do, please subscribe and please review us. And if you hate what we do, please leave us alone and turn your rage into a productive hobby. Like day drinking. Yeah, you can make margaritas or pina coladas. Drink or a truly drink yeah, a white Boda cloth. box. Boda box. You've got any sort of cocktail. Pick up some juice. Pick up some vodka. A little bit of soda water. Kill it. See you next time, you gorgeous nerds. like what we do please subscribe and review us and if you hate what we do please leave us alone and turn your rage into a productive hobby like day drinking (laughs) we're doing it i got bangs i got bangs Okay. Hit the mic. <laughs> okay. Okay. Okay.